welcome in Big Sky Breakdown. SkylineSportsMT.com. I'm Coulter Nuanez. As always, Skyline Sports bringing you the best in Big Sky Conference coverage. This podcast focusing on the Montana Grizzlies. We gave you a Grizz by the numbers earlier this week with Andrew Houghton breaking down the Grizz football roster 0 through 99. Now we'll share some interviews that we've collected over the last week and month. Four different guests in this Big Sky Breakdown. We'll get things started with Cam Humphrey, who is part of our ESP of Missoula Grizz Star of the Week segment presented by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors. Cam Humphrey, senior quarterback for Montana, playing his first game in his home state of his college career. He's been out of Issaquah High School. Or he's been out of Issaquah. He went to high school at Skyline for quite some time, and uh, now he'll get a chance to play in his home state to start his senior year. We're also going to hear from a couple of former Grizz wide receivers who came to Montana by way of the University of Washington. The Grizz play against the Huskies 6 p.m. Saturday night Husky Stadium. Craig Chambers, who started his career at UW in the early 2000s before playing the 2006 season at Montana, will join us, as will Jamal Jones, who's played for UW in the early 2000s. 10s and then transferred to Montana and ended up becoming one of the all-time leading receivers in the history of the Grizz. And then we'll wrap up this Big Sky Breakdown with the best of Bobby Halk, University of Montana head coach, cut up his best quotes, about 10 minutes worth from this recent fall camp. We're able to catch up with Coach Halk about 10 times during fall camp, so we'll give you all of that as well. The Big Sky Breakdown is presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Thanks to Blackfoot for supporting all of our podcast dreams, hopes, aspirations. They're awesome. They're the presenting sponsors of many of my podcasts here at both SkylineSportsMT.com as well as ESPN Missoula. So we appreciate Blackfoot Communications. Without further ado, Big Sky Breakdown previewing Montana's game against the University of Washington. Cam Humphrey, Craig Chambers, Jamal Jones, and Bobby Houck. Unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide television, SWX Montana Television, down here at Dahlberg Arena. It's time for our Grizz Star of the Week. This week we feature senior quarterback from Montana, Cam Humphrey. Cam, the season's finally here. Jace Lewis just said it in the press conference. You guys have been practicing for like two years for this game. So uh, does it feel real, and what's it like to be in game week for the first time in a long time? Yeah, I mean, you said it. it's it's been a long time coming. Uh, you know, we've been practicing for a while now, and uh, you know, to get into game week and uh, you know see the light at the end of the tunnel is really exciting. And I know all the guys down there in the locker room are real fired up to start playing, and uh, you know, we're ready to go. Is this a preseason uh, mustache that you're growing here? You know, I'm not really too sure. <laughs> it uh, you know it found itself on my face a couple of days ago and uh, hasn't left yet. I must say, it looks great. And uh, you know, if you play well at Washington, maybe you got to keep the mustache for a while, right? That's right. We'll see how it does for me. Who grows the best mustache on the team? You guys got some linebackers that got some big beards. Janet Carroll's got some facial hair going on. We do. I mean, I like to think I have the best mustache on the team. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's some guys. Jace can throw, or grow a good one. Pat can grow a good one. Mm, Pat's got a good one, yeah. Um, then you said Levi, too. So, uh, you know, there's some good facial hair on the team for sure. Hard-hitting questions as Montana gets prepared for the University of Washington. But you are an Issaquah guy. So, uh, do you have memories of Husky Stadium? Did you go to Husky games when you were a kid? Yeah, I went to a ton. I was a you know, Husky fan growing up. But, uh, you know, that's got to be 
put on the back burner right now. So uh, it's it's exciting to go play there. Um, you know, like I said, I've been playing the, or watching games there from a kid. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just another football game. I was over there 2009, 2010, 2011 covering those guys and uh, got to cover Jake Locker and stuff. But one thing, being a Montana guy, that I noticed that was similar about Montana and the state of Washington is you're either a cat or a grizz, right? Just like you're either a husky or a kook. So, I mean, that rivalry is sort of fun. Do you still sort of engage in it? Like when the Apple Cup rolls around and stuff, are you still, you know, waving your husky flag, things like that? I wouldn't really say waving a husky flag or anything <laughs> like that. But, um, you know, I'm definitely more of a husky fan than a kook fan. Uh, just how it was when I was growing up but uh you know where I'm at now I'm a Montana Grizzly and you know that's what I'm focused on this opportunity though to go to Husky Stadium open up the season uh, how are you guys embracing this and uh, what do you expect the atmosphere to be like you know it's going to be electric it's going to be electric for sure uh if I know Husky Stadium like I have one in the past uh, it's going to be a good game um great atmosphere but you know like I said in the press conference you know we have a great atmosphere here a great fan base so we'll be used to it Grizz star of the week featuring Grizz senior quarterback Cam Humphrey here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Let's talk about a little bit about the Grizz offense, Cam. First and foremost, uh, something I always look for first uh, right out the gates is the offensive line. It looks like you guys have done a great job of revamping that thing, uh, not only from added depth, but the progress of some specific guys. I know Dylan Cook has made a ton of progress. A.J. Forbes, a great addition there at center, and Conley Beaver expected to be an All-American. So, I just talk about those guys. What sort of growth have you seen as the quarterback in your offensive line unit? You know, at the end of the day, with those guys up front, they're a, they're a bunch of dudes, man. They uh, they work their tails off. Um, you know, they put their nose to the grindstone, and they work, man. They uh, You said they've uh, improved a lot over the last, you know, whatever it is, year and a half now. Um, You know, we got some guys like AJ and Hunter to get in there and help us out. But, um, you know, it's really impressive and really exciting to watch. Dylan specifically, uh, one of the most atypical paths you can have. A high school quarterback who then goes and plays high, uh, off, or excuse me, quarterback at the NAIA level and then comes here as a walkout and then now he's all of a sudden a captain and a, and a, a starting uh, tackle for you guys. So, uh, first of all, as a quarterback yourself, could you ever imagine making the transition to D1 tackle? You know, personally, I couldn't. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got a little more size on him. Than, yeah, he's only got about 100 pounds on you. <laughs> yeah, he's got a little more size, but, you know, he's a heck of a player, man. He works his tail off and, um, you know, he's a he's actually a heck of an athlete he uh you know he's good at basketball he can run around and uh you know he, he's really impressive to watch is it the athleticism that's helped him sort of acclimate to that position or how do you think he's been able to acclimate to this team because it's not only his talent but it seems like he's become a great leader for you guys as well yeah you know i think that's just per- his uh personality yeah. he's a like i said he's a great dude he's a natural born leader um you know and that found himself onto the you know captain stand so uh yeah, I mean, the athleticism helps for sure, but it's it's more his mentality. He's a hard worker. Running back position, obviously, with Marcus Knight out, uh, is going to be one people are looking at, but I know you got some guys that haven't really taken a ton of Division One snaps, especially Isaiah Childs, Xavier Harris, but those guys, super talented, fun to watch in camp. Uh, I think their ability to catch the ball, their backfield might be the thing that impressed me the most. But, I mean, how would you just evaluate kind of those guys and, and as they make their first starts uh, under the bright lights of Husky Stadium? Yeah, I mean, you know, they had a heck of a camp. Uh, Xavier Harris, Isaiah Childs, um, you know, they they had a heck of a camp, uh, and I'm really looking forward to watching them play and put the pads on um, and go against somebody else. And the wide receivers, obviously, that's been a group that's gotten headlines around Montana for a couple of years now because of all the talent. Uh, but they were so competitive during fall camp, too. I mean, Sammy Cam kind of sets the tone, but Mitch Roberts such a hard worker, too. So what do you think of just the way that those guys bring it every single day in practice, and how does that influence the way the offense operates? I mean, yeah, man, they, they bring it day in, day out. They, uh, you know, work really, really hard, um, you know, and take pride in the little things is kind of what separates them. 
you know, Sammy, Mitch, Solcer, Keelan White, all those guys, they, they really work hard, um, you know, and they dedicate themselves to practice and, you know, performing day in and day out at practice. And I think that translates to the field on Saturdays. Grizz Star of the Week presented by Bob Ward's Sport and Outdoors. Cam Humphrey, Grizz quarterback, joining us. Got to ask you specifically about Gabe Solcer. He's kind of like Montana's favorite son, right? Everybody's always wondering what Solcer's doing. He's such a good in-state story, also such a tremendous athlete, and he was such a star ever since he was a young guy building senior high school. But it uh, seems like he's primed for a breakout year. So what sort of progress did you see in, in Gabe during fall camp? Yeah, I mean, you know, every single day he's made strides, man, and every single day he he amazes me he's a heck of a player um he comes to work every day and is uh ready to grind and um you know like i said every practice he makes a play that you know kind of opens eyes around the around the field and he's a heck of a player the last group I got to ask you about is the tight ends. I actually think that this group has a chance to really surprise some people. There are some freak athletes, including the guy wearing number 11. Uh, this guy, I think he probably could start on both sides of the ball. He's such a great athlete, Cole Grossman. Uh, so what sort of weapon do you think he provides for you guys? And what do you think of that tight end group in general? You know, Cole Grossman specifically, he's, a, he's an all-purpose guy. You know, he said he could play on defense if he wanted to, but, man, he is, is he electric. He, uh, you know, he runs around really, really well. He's a physical dude. He'll put his hand in the dirt and block somebody just as well as he'll go up and catch the ball and then uh, you know looking at the tight ends as a whole uh, you know they're a great group they uh, compete every single day um, you know we got guys pushing other guys from behind um, and you know they just love to work um, it's really exciting a couple more for you cam humphrey joining us here on new is now the, the husky defense they have put as many guys in the nfl particularly out of the secondary uh, in the last 10 years when you look across the the film, what do you see, and do you do you see that sort of talent? And but if so, though, how do you not let that sort of uh, get in the way of what you guys are trying to do? Yeah, no, they're a good group of players, man. Throwing that film on their uh, their personnel is, is is it's impressive for sure. Um, you know, we're gonna have to match up. We're gonna have to play well. Um, and but you know, at the end of the day, I think we can do it. I think we got the guys to match up. And uh, at the end of the day, we'll see how it goes. Last question. Then, what's it going to take for Montana to go in there and shock the world? Husky Stadium Saturday night consistency man stay consistent across the board offense defense move the ball and then uh you know stick to our winning points run the ball stop the run and uh you know win when the game's on the line cam Humphrey, Grizz star of the week he's a Grizz senior quarterback best of luck in washington this man this week man thank you appreciate it blackfoot communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across montana and idaho we are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities we are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities we are creating new innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations learn how your company can benefit call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com blackfoot communications connect to more. Well, happy now to welcome in another one of my good old buddies and a guy that was a popular player and an impactful player for the Montana Grizzlies during his loan season with Montana in 2006. He's Craig Chambers, a former receiver for the Grizzlies as well as a former receiver for the Washington Huskies who still makes his home just outside Seattle, just north of Seattle. And the Grizz, they take on Washington for the second time in four years now on Saturday evening at Husky Stadium. Chambers, thanks so much for being with me, man. How you doing? Good, man. I appreciate you thinking about me. Happy I could uh, jump on air with you. Uh, excited to talk some uh, Grizz and Husky football. 
So this is all originated because, first of all, I wanted to get these guys on anyways. Jamal Jones also joining us here on Nuanas now a little later on here today as well. Jamal Jones, a record-setting receiver for the Grizzlies uh, from Spanaway, who started his career at Washington and then finished his career with the Grizz as well. But University of Washington, for whatever reason, does not allow their coaches or players to do interviews with any outside media. So we are uh, just bringing you all the coverage we possibly can from uh, outside those parameters. So this is part of our opposing coach series. These guys are obviously not coaches for Washington, but we wanted to give you a little Washington angle and our opposing coach series this fall will be brought to you by Mike Nugent and Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. It's a good time to buy. It's a good time to sell in Montana and Mike Nugent, Berkshire Hathaway, they are your local real estate experts. Chambers, let's first of all start with your time growing up uh, there in Western Washington. I think that People that are of, you know, sort of under the age of 40 think of UW as sort of a, a basketball school because Lorenzo Romar has had so many great uh, teams there and they had that great run when they had like Nate Robinson and Quincy Pondexter and Brandon Roy and all those guys. But in its essence, Washington's a football school and Washington was a tremendous football program in the 70s, 80s, and 90s with Don James and then had a little bit of a resurgence with Rick Neuheisel and then during the Chris Peterson run this last couple years has been tremendous as well. But what was your sort of thoughts and uh, opinions of the Huskies growing up? Were you a big time Husky? Fan. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of what you said, people think of when they think of Pac-12 football now, formerly Pac-10, you know, they, they think of, you know, Oregon Ducks, you know, some USC stuff in there, but, you know, old school Pac-10 football was USC, UW in the early 90s, and that's kind of when I got my start into Pac-10 football. My brother played uh, during that 91, the early 90s year when, you know, UW was just a powerhouse with Steve Edmond, Napoleon Kopp, and Mario Bailey, the Hewards, and my brother played linebacker. Uh, for those squads. So I had an early introduction to UW with, you know, Jim Lambright and Don James going to the locker room as a kid. So I got bit pretty early. Um, so I started bleeding purple and gold like at four, you know, so I, I knew early on I was going to be a Husky. Um, so when my time came and I started getting recruited, you know, I put it out there pretty early, which some people can, you know, say it's not a great idea, but I kind of just put it out there and said, hey, if UW gives me an offer, that's where I'm going. Uh, and fortunately enough, uh, Rick Neuheisel sent me that offer my junior year. Um, and I committed pretty much on the spot. Um, didn't really take too many other visits. Um, in fact, I don't know if I took any other visits, uh, and I joined them in 2003. So, yeah, I kind of knew early on, you know, my brother started a legacy of, you know, you know, football for me. Um, and, uh, you know, I fell in love with it. So um, that, 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 that was kind of my trajectory uh, in my lifetime of, of playing college sports. There were so many great teams back then, too, but probably the Marcus Tua, the Asasopo team that won the Rose Bowl, I think New Heisel's third or fourth year there, uh, is definitely a legendary one. And there's a couple of Woodenville guys actually on the Grizz now, including Nash Fouch, who will make a start for Montana at Husky Stadium, so that'll be fun for him. SkylineSportsMT.com, our guy Andrew Houghton will have a story about all the Seattle and Western Washington connections for the Grizz, because it's easy to forget. Bobby Houck was once upon a time at Washington as well, so I know that's the, about the same timeline, Chambers. So did you have any connection to Coach Houck when he was at Washington? I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, no, I know him and uh, him and Rick Neuheisel were pretty tight um, in terms of – you, you, you can kind of feel that in their coaching, too, the way they talk, the cadences. Um, you know, so I knew that they, you know, kind of kind of had a, a history together. But I didn't, you know. Uh, so when I was at University of Washington, our strength training coach um, that was there at the time actually went over to the University of Montana to do strength training and defensive coaching. Um, so uh, that was kind of like my introduction to University of Montana. And for me, when I was leaving University of Washington, some stuff went on. Um, I was trying to look at replacing like that atmosphere. And, you know, there's not a better place in, you know, D1 F, uh, FCS uh, uh, football where you're going to be at in Montana. You know, some people look at Appalachian State or, you know, some other places. But in terms of game day atmosphere, Montana is about as good as it gets. I mean, it competes with some of the big, the big boys out there. Uh, so I, I didn't really know Bobby Halp before that. 
but I, you know, I've heard uh, some good things about him um, uh, during my time of transferring. Here's through your time with the Huskies, because like you said, you grew up out there. You went to Jackson High. They're uh, near Mill Creek, which is one of the better high school football programs in the area. And obviously, most guys that grow up there, they do sort of have similar dreams like you did of, of playing for Washington, playing at Husky Stadium. Uh, but what was your time like there? Because you sort of were there at a time that it kind of got, got tumultuous with the stuff that happened with Coach Neuheisel and then Tyron Willingham coming in. That was maybe one of the down uh, eras of Washington football. So what were some of your memories, good and bad, at the University of Washington? Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk, I think I think I went to like four uh, receivers coaches uh, in my time at the University of Washington, three head coaches. Uh, so you know, I signed on the on the dotted line uh, under Rick Neuheisel, and then that whole gambling uh, uh, fiasco happened, uh, where he placed a bet on some college game or something like that. Um, and pretty much at that time, our our uh, uh, sports director Barbara Hedges uh, decided to let him go. Uh, or maybe he resigned. I can't remember how it went down. But basically, right after that, Gilbertson came in. I love Gilbertson. Gilbertson's a local guy. He's from Snohomish, Washington, out here. You know, he's he's hard nosed coach. He's going to cuss you out and tell you how it is, but he's also going to tell you and do a good job and love on you as well. Um, love playing with him. That was my that was my true freshman. I got a chance. And really, when it came down to it, you know, I came in. I didn't play that much. And you know, you, like you said, we had some some tough times. And you know, our receivers were all young. It was right after Reggie Williams and Charles Frederick left. And uh, both those guys were, you know, some of the best impact tender in that time. Um, and we just were, you know, we were young and inexperienced. And I wasn't playing. I finally went. I was like, hey, coach, you know, our receivers are, you know, we're, we're all doing what we can, but I'm not playing. Just give me a chance. You know, what's the worst that could happen? And uh, luckily he said yes. But the thing that's crazy is we were actually going out to Oregon and playing at Austin. If you're talking about a hostile environment for your first game as a, you know, as a 19-year-old, you know, that, that's, that's pretty much it right there. Um, and not only did he say I was playing, but he actually said I was starting. So, that put a lot of pressure on me, but I actually went out and had a pretty game, went for like 104 yards on like four catches. Um, and that kind of, you know, jumped me off into, uh, into the next end of the year. Um, so I ended up having a couple 100-yard games and a few touchdowns. And it kind of landed me on the map as like this up-and-coming receiver at the University of Washington. Uh, but at the conclusion of that year, unfortunately, uh, Gibberton got let go, um, and they brought in uh, uh, Tyrone Willingham. Uh, and that was just kind of a, you know, mixed bag of, of stuff. You know, he had gotten fired from Notre Dame. And a lot of us as players were like, well, why are we bringing in a guy who's not good enough for Notre Dame to University of Washington? You know, we're, we're supposed to be an elite uh, uh, football uh, program, and we're bringing in somebody who wasn't good enough somewhere else. Like, that doesn't make sense to us. Um, and, you know, Tyrone was fine, but, you know, it just it's tough when you have new – coaching coming in like a lot of times you're not their guy so they're looking at the next people up um and unfortunately my dad actually passed away right at the university medical center i was the one that had to go and do that whole claiming of the body thing and that was just kind of tough so at that point in time i kind of reflected and i decided to just be good for you know a good time for change um and that's how i landed on the university of montana um, but i had some great members of the university of washington had had some awesome times scoring touchdowns there at montlake um, but there's not a better place to follow up your your you know your d1 career formerly d1 uh uh uh, single A to D1 double A at the University of Montana. Uh, so came to the University of Montana. Love my time. I love Missoula. My wife and I actually were just there with our kids up in Whitefish in that flathead area and visited Missoula. Um, you know, fans are awesome there. Great program. Hauk was there formerly uh, there before before he came back as well. Um, so I had some great times there uh, playing in the big sky as well. So uh, love love my career at both places and, and appreciate the experiences that I had at being in like a really entrenched college town in Missoula, 
but also being in a bigger city like Seattle as well. Craig Chambers joining us, former University of Montana and University of Washington wide receiver. He played for the Grizzlies back during the 2006 season, an outstanding season that year. A 43 catches for more than 650 yards and eight touchdowns, including four touchdowns in the playoffs as Montana advanced to the semifinals of the playoffs that year. And Craig, you mentioned sort of knowing about Montana a little bit, but I mean, how that was the fever pitch of Grizz football in the mid-2000s when Coach Houck was first there and the success the Grizz had. So was that success? I mean, did, did people in Western Washington know about that? I mean, or what was sort of the perception of Grizz football when you first made the decision to come to the Grizz? Yeah, I think there's two things that you get with Montana football. You know, one, if you really look at Montana football, it's almost like a D1 FBS program disguised as a D1 FCS because you have all those transfers and especially after those transfers, you sprinkle on some of that local flavor with those local Montana boys that you know that hard nosed tough football. You know, you get a really lethal combo. Um, so you're getting you know best of the both worlds. What people don't realize is when I was at UW in, in transfer Montana, people are like, well, you're going from UW to Montana. Well, we sent more people to the league that year and uh, to the NFL than the University of Washington did. You know, we had Mark Mariana, we had we had all these all these guys. Colt, you know, Colt was going, Colt Anderson. Um, so there's a there's a lot of studs that weren't just going there for a week, but actually went there and had some good careers in the NFL. Electrated uh, played with Miami for a little while. Um, so you know, uh, you know, when you when you hear about you know people transferring, I think that's why Montana, especially back then, did such a great job because you're competing for you're competing for championships every single year. You know, you have a shot to go to the league. In that atmosphere on game day is just bar none. Um, so yeah, you hear about it, of course, and especially. Once you kind of become eligible for teams to start recruiting you, people start giving you advice in terms of where you want to look. And the two places that kind of bubbled up were Appalachian State and Montana. Montana was an easy choice. When you first played at Washington Grizzly Stadium, what was your what did you think, and how did that compare to some of the stadiums you'd played again, uh, in both at home and away in the Pac-10? You know what's great about Washington Grizzlies? It may not be the biggest stadium compared to like a UW or Ohio State or Notre Dame and some of the places that you know you, you go and play. Um, but that that game day atmosphere, with all the people outside the stadium, you know, you you have the motorcycles coming through on the field and the buzz and the stadiums erupting. It's a loud atmosphere. You really can't tell the difference because it gets so loud there. Um, so I love that. You know, I love that. The, uh, the, the, the thought, though, you know, I thought the weirdest thing is we never had any night games. You know, that was one thing I had to get used to because we had the lights in the stadium back then. Uh, there was a couple times ESPN would bring in lights uh, for playoff games, like when we played against UMass. But other than that, every game was at noon. Um, and, then, and then also on top of the weather. You know, I was coming from Seattle. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's pretty, you know, pretty temperate here. We don't get too cold, don't get too hot. And now I'm coming out here and it's like negative 15 degrees, 10 feet of snow on the sidelines. So that was kind of wild as well. Uh, but, you know, the, the game, the atmosphere, like I said, was awesome. My first experience there was great. Um, I loved it. I loved the fans. Uh, and just a great history of, of, of game day there. Craig Chambers joining us, former Washington and University of Montana wide receiver. The Grizzlies play at Washington Saturday, 6 p.m. at Husky Stadium. This interview segment is proudly presented by Mike Nugent and Berkshire Hathaway, your local real estate experts. And you're listening on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. And Craig, I know that your uh, college career at Montana came to sort of a disappointing end when you had the shoulder injury that uh, sort of ended it for you before you got to play your last year in, in 2007. But that 2006 season, just from a on-the-field perspective what are some of your best memories because that was a team that was very very talented you mentioned all the NFL guys on that squad and a team that came up just short losing in the semifinals of the playoffs but I remember that playoff game vividly against UMass one of the coldest games I ever went to uh, but definitely one of the most competitive games and and uh, one of the best seasons I've seen from Montana so what do you remember just about that season that you played for the Grizzlies? 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting coming from the University of Washington. We weren't very good. And I remember being in Montana and we just knew uh, in our heart that we were the best team in the country. Um, unfortunately, we fell short of, you know, uh, uh, seeing that through when we lost to UMass in a tight game there um, at home. Uh, but we, we knew we were the best team in the country. I think we were ranked second or first uh, there with Appalachian State. Um, and we, we honestly thought we should have beat UMass. And it's unfortunate we were able to do that. Uh, but I remember a lot of disappointment there as well because, you know, we felt like we, you know, let ourselves down, the fans down, Missoula down, the state of Montana down, um, because we just knew what we were supposed to achieve, and there was just never a doubt in our mind that that wasn't going to happen. Um, so that was special to be a part of that. You know, a lot of people don't get to be a part of such greatness. You know, when you just know you're destined to be the best, uh, that, that, the, and it's not, it's not necessarily a cockiness, but a confidence that that instills in you as a player uh, makes you feel really good. And I really think that helps with team camaraderie as well. You know, when you play on bad teams, sometimes you get that infighting um, and, you know, you know, questioning other people or why do you suck or why aren't you doing your job? When you play on a team like this, it's more accountability, like almost like a, a Bill Belichick, like do your job, I'll do my job, and you just trust your teammates. And so that's special. You know, you don't get that in a lot of places, whether it's in your professional career, college career, even in your workforce. Uh, so I, I just remember having that, like, come out of the team. We'd hang out on the weekends, and it just we just knew that we all had, our you know, the best interest of each other because we had a, the same goal in mind of being the best. Um, but it was disappointing in the way it did against UMass uh, there at Washington Grizzly. Uh, but, you know, I'll never forget that memory with, uh, with my guys in uh, uh, 2006 there. Craig Chambers joining us here at Nuanez Now. Great memories he's sharing with his time from both Montana and Washington. And, Craig, let's talk about this upcoming matchup now. First of all, uh, how closely do you still follow the Grizz? Because I know it's you're not that far away from Missoula, and I know you still keep up with some guys you played with. So uh, have you been following uh, the Grizz, especially since Coach Alk returned? Yeah, you know, I've been following Yeah, I've been following a little bit. I think, you know, with the pandemic and the season last year, it's kind of tough because football was kind of an afterthought for college at least. You know, Montana uh, had, a, had a rough time with the pandemic and, and, and you know, the games. Uh, same with UW. UW had a lot of games canceled. So, you know, last year there wasn't a lot going on to follow. Um, but in terms of keeping up historically, yeah, I mean, I've been able to check in. I've been to a couple games, and uh, it's, it, especially with, you know, the Adrian and Internet, it's really easy to follow. Um, and then you, you, the fact they have ESPN out there now since 2017, updates on the app, like that's, that's great with stories. Um, so it, I've, I've definitely stayed a Grizz fan. You know, people <laughs> – it's funny because – once the schedule's announced, I had a bunch of people reaching out. You going to the game, dude? You Montana's coming to Dub? So people know I still love the Grizz. Um, I still love UW as well. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I'm excited to see this game. You know, anytime you have an opportunity to see a young, young, young quarterback and a true freshman running back for the Grizz come into such an atmosphere like UW, it's going to be a great experience for those two youngsters. Uh, they have a tough matchup against another number 20 Washington that's returning all five lots of offensive linemen and a returning quarterback with running backs. I mean, that's, that's tough. Uh, so, but I think it's be a great matchup regardless. And we haven't had football in a long time the way we're used to having it. So I think everybody's just really excited right now. Is there a key matchup for the Grizz? Or I guess what's the biggest difference? What's the biggest gap when you talk about the big scout of the Pac-10, Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, when you're looking at it, you, when I, I kind of already mentioned this earlier. When it comes down to it, Montana has a lot of transfers. Uh, so they get guys from top-tier programs already. Um, so you're, you're, you're not going to have as big of a gap when it comes to that talent as you would think because you're going to have great athletes up and down the board. And I think a lot of times Montana, the state, gets overlooked in terms of producing football players because they're smaller. But you're, getting some, you're, getting, you're almost getting your, 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 you know, the cream of the crop when it comes to Montana kids in terms of you know, coming to University of Montana or even Montana State. So I think that that gap in terms of talent is a lot closer than people think. Um, but I think the biggest thing that you're out there saying – is UW's looking at Montana coming in as like the little guys. You know, even though that's not that, that perception's there and it may not be true, it's still there. 
Um, and you also have to understand UW's coming in ranked number 20 in the whole country in terms of football up and down. Uh, so they're, they're, that's going to be a gap as well. You know, the last time they met, it was like a 60-7 defeat. Some of those guys are still there on the team, so they got to put that behind them and realize this is a clean slate. Um, so I'd say that that's probably the biggest gap right now is, is maybe that ranking system that goes on. Montana is in a complete rebuild pretty much, and they've had some injuries in the running back position, so that's kind of tough, as I said, with the true freshman running back. Um, so I think that that's where you're going to notice the most is just that sheer ranking system. You know, UW's ranked 20th for a reason. I mean, you're playing against some brand-new players at, uh, when it comes to Montana. Um, so you, you're going to probably see a few more mistakes on Montana's side and uh, probably a little more refinedness um, when it comes to UW. Last question for you then, Craig. Craig Chambers, former Grizz and Washington Husky wide receiver, joining us here on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. I know that you're a Western Washington guy. You still live out there, and that's your home. That's where you're from. But you also got a lot of skin in the game when it comes to the Grizz. So who's Craig Chambers rooting for on Saturday? You know, what's funny is if you were to see me at the game, I'm not trying to get any beer poured me or anything like that. So I, you can use that <laughs> my UW sweatshirt on. But I always keep a Montana T-shirt underneath. So, you know, I am honestly split down the middle. You know, I got I got two dogs in the game. Unfortunately, they have to fight each other this weekend. Um, if I had to pick who's winning, I'm probably going to say UW's going to going to pull out the victory. Um, you know, I think they both have some opportunities to do some great stuff. I think University of Montana really has to take it one play at a, at a time and not, you know, not get on themselves if they get behind a little bit early. And UW just has to control that run game. You know, they're gonna, they both, this is the first game of the season, so they have a lot to focus on. But if I had to, if I had to make a decision, I'm, I'm going to say UW's going to pull this one out, but I'm going to be rooting for both people. I'd love to see, you know, Bobby Howe come in and pull out an upset as well, uh, but we'll see what happens. Well, Chambers, I tell you this, you're hired. You're a, you're a natural when it comes to sports analysis. Well, thanks so much for taking so much time, buddy. It's good to hear from me. I'm glad you're doing well, and uh, best of luck with everything. Hopefully we cross paths again in the, in the future. Yeah, I appreciate having me on. Looking forward to the game, and uh, keep up the good work over the ESPN. Do you want your sports news, commentary, and features from a corporate publication? Would you like to hear it from local experts who have lived in your community their entire lives? At Skyline Sports, Coulter and Brooks Nuanas bring more than two decades of experience to give you old-school journalism with a new-age presentation at SkylineSportsMT.com. The Nuanas brothers provide knowledge from a family who lives Big Sky Conference athletics every day. For $8 a month or 90 bucks a year, get access to comprehensive College Grizz and Bobcat coverage at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, Every day, every season. Well, it's time now, because it's football season, to call a little bit of an audible. It's time now for our opposing coach interview of the week, except for that it's not going to be a coach or anybody associated with the Washington Huskies because Washington does not allow outside media interviews. So we are parlaying it a little bit and uh, doing the best we can, but this is actually going to be even more fun than it ever would have been. And uh, We're going to be joined by a pair of Grizz wide receivers who started their careers at the University of Washington. First and foremost, starting with Jamal Jones. Jamal was an all-big sky talent for the Grizzlies, culminating in his senior year in 2015, ended his career as the all-time leading uh, pass catcher in terms of receiving yards and one of the top three in terms of overall catches in the history of the Grizz. Jamal, welcome back to the radio airwaves in Missoula. How's it going, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me. First and foremost, let's start with the here and now. You're living back over in the Seattle area in Renton. Uh, what's the last couple years been like for you? Because I know you, you were kind of chasing the pro football dream there for a while, played in the NFL, played in the CFL. So what was it like sort of living out of a suitcase like a lot of times you have to do? And, and what uh, what caused you to kind of take the next step and then move to the next chapter of your life, uh, maybe stepping away from the game of football? You know, it was it was fun, man. It's it a lot of ups and downs but at the end of the day. I got to live my dream. I know... Um, it was a little rough in the beginning, just kind of getting out to San Diego, you know, and breaking my thumb. And then 
being released and having to go back and train, not knowing whether or not my my career would continue. But then I got a second chance, and I did what I could when I was out there with the Chargers, but they ended up cutting me. And once again, you know, there's a down period. But then a few weeks later, I got picked back up by the Panthers. Everything was good. Everything went up. I was on the roster for the whole year. And then even better, you know, there's nothing like getting signed going into the offseason because now you know your purpose, like you know what you're training for, you know who you're going to be a part of. So that was a great that was a great time for me. That was um, It was good. I got to live out my dream. And then because of another injury in fall camp, I ended up getting, I ended up getting cut with a, a back spasm. And then went to the CFL for a little bit, and that didn't work out. So a lot of ups and downs, but at the end of the day, I got to meet some really, really great people, and I got to experience a lot of really great things. The NFL is no question the most competitive, I would say, industry in America. I think it's probably harder to make an NFL roster than it is to get any other job on planet Earth. And I think that's why guys, even that just get a shot, uh, well-deserved, but also going to be successful in life because it takes so much hard work. But it also takes a certain amount of luck and, and things to go your way. Is there anything that about that experience, though, that surprised you uh, or that was just maybe not what you expected when you were navigating the ranks of pro football? I mean, not really. Even, like, the whole time when I was at Montana, I knew that because of, you know, where I was playing in, the level I was playing in, like, things were going to be against me. Politics weren't going to be on my side. You know, a lot of things relate to what school you go to, what conference you play in. And me coming from a small school, like, I knew, and even just not being, you know, the biggest guy or, like, really having all those those physical uh, tributes to me, I knew, like, all odds were against me, but, you know, I had the will to really try and make it happen. So just a lot of the things that happen, you know, you can't really control. You know, I did what I could. I tried to control what I could. I tried to worry about what I could control. But at the end of the day, you know, the chips fall where they land. Jamal Jones joining us here, ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana Television. You're listening to Nuanez now. This is Coulter Nuanez. Let's talk a little bit about your time growing up in the state of Washington. You're from Spanaway, right outside of Seattle, and you started your career at the University of Washington. Were you a big time Husky fan growing up? Big time. You know, I. I was a fan of the Huskies. I had watched them for a while, even since Reggie Williams had been there. My brother had went to Lakes High School, so I was kind of following his career um, as I was growing up. And I just got to watch UW a lot. You know, they were always on TV and just the atmosphere. I, I always I always looked at it, and I'm like, man, that's a, that's a great atmosphere. And then just growing up, them being really the first school, one of the first schools to reach out, and they were recruiting me the heaviest. It kind of all made sense to me at the time to go to UW. What was your experience like there? Because you spent just a little bit of time there before transferring to Montana ahead of the 2013 season, then obviously had an outstanding career for the Grizzlies, starting pretty much every single game of your time in Missoula. But what did you remember just about your time in Washington? What was that experience like? It was a great experience because, like I was saying earlier, just being able to watch them growing up and then being recruited by them made sense. And then finally pulling the trigger and committing. I felt like I was right at home. And then a lot of these guys I had played against, um, Casey Williams, Austin Sperry and Jenkins, um, uh, Tani, uh, Tani, a, a bunch of guys. And um, I went on recruits with them. So, like, being in the same, you know, us playing against each other and going to the same school, it was a, it just seemed like it made sense. And then my experiences at, uh, at the Dub were good, too, mainly because I got to go against a lot of competition. Um, I know Marcus Trufant, 
Uh, he was great to go against. Marcus Peters, he was another good corner. Greg Ducray, they were, they were just, I mean, we had some talent on that roster. From So from a competitive standpoint, it really helped get me where I needed to get to, you know, just as far as, like, how to really, you know, compete on a, on a competitive roster. Um, and just being along, you know, in that program with Dark, like he really pushed everybody to be the best that they could be. I mean, he had his problems while he was there, you know, and, and some of those problems kind of dwindled down to some of the other players. It's probably a reason why I had to get up out of there. But my experiences there were great. You know, I grew a lot as a person. Um, I got to meet a lot of great people. And I just got to really experience a lot of good things in my home state. Look across opposing lines, looking at the Washington Huskies, but not really. We're, in fact, attacking a former Grizz wide receiver, Jamal Jones, here on Nuanas Now. This is a new segment where we're going to feature usually the opposing head coach from whoever the University of Montana or Montana State are playing during a given week. But because this is the opening week and Montana plays against the Washington Huskies, no outside media allowed for UW. So we're making it work on our end. But Jamal, an interesting fold when to talk about this game this weekend. Uh, you went to Graham Kapowson High School there, which has been a great football program for a long time and produced a lot of Division One talent. But Dylan Morris, the starting quarterback for the Washington Huskies, he's also from that same high school so what about that high school I mean why do you think that that high school has had such uh, success when it comes to producing division one guys I mean they just even from the start of um that school I know that you know they've been able to go to semifinals I know um the first year they were 3A and they were able to make it all the way up you know to two semifinals or, or to state I can't remember exactly what it is but like it's always been competitive at that school that school's always been known as a football school. A lot of them boys out there too. They uh, there's a lot of farmland out there. So there's a lot of big boys too on the line. They always have some talent. There's a lot of resources out there for players to be developed. Uh, I know when I was out there, I was training at this one place called Competitive Edge. They're uh, not up anymore, but it wasn't. It was a place for me to train where I know a lot of um, other players may may not have had those opportunities or had those resources to train. So I think a lot of that. Um, goes into why they're, you know, they're such a, a winning program. And then a lot of those players, they they play together. Um, I know when I was there and uh, when I was going to GK, the school had been around for about three, four years. But a lot of those guys that are at UW now were on, or were on uh, the youth teams when I was in high school, and they stayed together throughout that entire time. And I think that's a really big reason why they have success at uh, GK. Compare and contrast just the level of play between Washington and Montana because you were such a standout at Montana. I know it was a great fit for you. When you first came from the Pac-12 and then throughout your career, I mean, what's the gap like? What is Montana facing this week as they go to play the number 20 team in the FBS? It's really going to come down to, you know, depth. Um, at the FBS level, you know, I was, what, third string scout team. And then I get to Montana and I'm a starter, you know. And it's not that it's the competition, you know, like the first stringers, they can compete with each other for the most part. But after you get to like the second string, the third string, then, you know, you start to you start to get into the depth. Like these FBS schools have so much more depth than the FCS schools. And, you know, even like these power five schools, yeah, they have they have a lot of they have a lot of talented players too, like in their first string. A lot of these players are highly recruited. A lot of these players have seen the other top 
competition around the country. So, you know, I guess their their perception for let me let me see how to say this. Their perception for you know competing is is different compared to somebody who's been playing in Montana their whole life or, or who hasn't seen competition all across the country. So these all these factors come into play. I think it's going to be a great game for Montana, especially for some of these players who haven't gone up against um, a lot of these highly recruited players, a lot of these uh, players on UW who have NFL chances. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to test their will a lot. Well, Jamal, we'll get you out of here on this. Thanks for spending some time with us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. What were some of your best memories as a Grizzly? Because you were a tremendous receiver for Montana, finished as one of the all-time leaders in multiple different categories, including the all-time leader in receiving yards. You also third in catches and uh, got yourself 22 touchdowns as well. What were some of the things that stand out to you when you remember your time here at the University of Montana? Man, really just the time with the guys, you know, it's, you know, that's a, it's a different time in your life when you got everybody, your age group chasing the same thing. Everybody's trying to, you know, make it, make something out of themselves. And really just those memories, those times in the locker rooms, uh, those times during off season training, like you're bonding with the fellas and you're really getting to know everybody. And then playing wise, I think, you know, the game that stands out to me is that, uh, that 2015 game against uh, North Dakota state. That was, that was a great game. That's what I always think about. I still watch that game, too. It's on YouTube. I still watch it every now and then. And um, it was just a good time. It was a good time there. Monta- like, I never thought about going to Montana as a school growing up, but going out there really opened my eyes to how beautiful my uh, state Montana is and, you know, how great the people are there as well. Well, I know it's a hometown angle versus maybe the place that became like another home to you during your college days but this Saturday when the Huskies take on Montana I know that the Huskies are a favorite but who do you got who does Jamal Jones root for in this game you know I always got to go with the underdog you know I like and they're just you know my grizz and I gotta I gotta go with my grizz I'm rooting for my grizz all day all day Gotta love it. Jamal Jones, record setter at the University of Montana. Started his career at the Washington Huskies and now lives out in Seattle. Joining us here on Nuana is now it's part of our opponents segment that we will do each and every week. But he's not an opponent. He's a hometown guy when it comes to the Grizzlies. It's presented by Mike Nugent and Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate, your local real estate experts. Jamal, appreciate the time today, my man. Good catching up, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more had a lot of these first day of fall camps getting up there a little bit but uh yeah but uh does this one have a little extra is there a little extra juice or flair to this one just knowing everything that you've gone through yeah you know obviously when i've said this i don't know if it was to you or to the group but when you get something you really kind of love taking away from you whether you're a player or coach or anybody that's out here involved with us um when that gets taken away from me, I think there's a little more excitement to get back at it. And 
and I think to a man, everybody here is excited. Yeah, we lost a couple of great, great ones. Uh, Terry Donahue passed away in uh, early uh, July, late late June area as well. So losing two icons of the game is kind of a big deal to people that have been around college football and, you know, both just tremendous individuals. And, you know, Coach Bowden was always friendly to a young guy that didn't, uh, you know, he didn't know who the heck I was and he was always gracious and, and forthcoming with info or questions or fun. And, and Coach Donnie had a major impact on my life. Do you have an example of interactions with them? I just, you know, encountering most of the time I, I mean, I went to visit Florida State a couple, two or three times and Coach was always had the doors open. We got whatever we wanted. And uh, he was just, uh, he was an engaging, open guy, which was, is uh, refreshing sometimes in coaching. It seemed like he has extra speed or closing speed. Or I don't know how you describe it, getting to the ball quicker. Uh, than extra compared to what? Just to what he had been doing before? No, I think, I think people are faster. They're not. Usually when, the, when uh, conception occurs, they can improve a little bit. But uh, there you go. Your new baby's going to be either fast or not. All right. Look in, look, in the, look in the mirror. You might say, hey, sorry. <laughs> but Poor kid. They, uh, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, you know, the, the, the issue is to play as fast as you can. I mean, some of uh, our players possess more speed than others, but you need to play fast. And there are plenty of guys that, that are fast that play slow. And there are plenty of guys that aren't aren't as fast that look faster, and so the the key is to play at full speed. And in order to do that, you have to um, have instinct. You have to anticipate. You have to understand the scheme. And then obviously, some guys are fast. I want to ask you about the kickers. How's the kicker competition going? Uh, it's going pretty good. Been good some days, bad some days. So. Are, are you comfortable with young guys uh, at, at your specialist positions, like punter, kickoff specialist, kick uh, field goal guy, all that? As long as they're good. Kicking in front of 26,000 people or, or, you know, kicking at Husky Stadium, different than kicking at Dorn Blazer Field. So is it hard to really lock in what guys can do until you get into a game? Why? Well, I guess because of the fans, the pressure. Same goalpost, same ball, same holder, same snapper. That's all they got to worry about. Last two. Um, I think the, generally speaking, and this, this really answers your first question, is uh, the better your front is, the better your defense is. It seems like in the scheme you guys run that uh, being unselfish, being tough are two really important factors. Talk about those two factors just in, in terms of the, the positions these guys play. Yeah, I think it's a, it's certainly a tough guy position. You, you're in the mix every play, and um, I, th- I think it's hard to play as hard as is required around here and play the whole game, so we have to have depth as well. We don't and we don't, with that group, we don't necessarily feel like we have starters. We have it too deep that we're going to play. At what point did you realize just how important having multiple guys on the defensive front could be? Well, I was a secondary coach before I was a head coach, so I knew it, I knew it early on. <laughs> Speaking of some of the guys you did bring in, it seems like Justin Belknap has become a pretty good leader. I mean, when you watch the guys, it seems like they're kind of following his lead. I know he's an older guy, so um, just talk about his ability to sort of break into that group and be a leader as, as sort of a new guy. Yeah, um, Belky's got uh, first, he's a guy I've known since he was in high school. He went to high school with my my older kids, and uh, you know, he was a good player in high school. I went to every game I could, and 
so followed his career and when when he uh, reached out and, and said he was available uh, we thought he'd be a great fit and, and certainly he is his personality's right his, his temperament's right everything's right I was showing somebody the media guide from Big Tech kickoff, and they were laughing at the fact that they had team leaders, and Alex Gubner was your guys' team leader in interceptions last year. Wow. <laughs> but but it kind of shows his athleticism, right? And it seems like he's made strides physically, so can you just talk about him? Yeah, you know, our free safety was uh, second sacks, and our, <laughs> our nose was first in interceptions. That's kind of – Robert, that speaks a little bit to the defense. But um, Gub's done a good job. I think both he and, and uh, Eli Alfred have – done a really nice job at, at the nose spot and you know it's I mean that, that's going to be those two back and forth all year and I imagine it'll be whoever plays best on Saturday will start the next week I was going to ask you about Alfred too seemed like the videos of the um, weight, weight training was he made a lot of physical gains so how much did that help to just his strength improvement well our, you know for the most part our, our front seven on defense is strong and Eli is one of the stronger guys on the team Gub's not too far behind so he, he's a powerful kid for sure. That's how it should be, though, right? I mean, you want those guys to be the strongest guys on your team. Yeah, you know, and that's we're, – we're kind of back where that's the case. Uh, those guys, our linebacker group's really strong as well. Last one for me on the D-line. Uh, Joe Babros, I know he kind of was hurt early, but it seemed like he came on late in 2019. So um, how much progress has he made? How much is just being healthy a key for him? Well, health's a key. I mean, not just him, everybody. And injuries can happen. I mean, it's just the way it goes. <clears throat> Sometimes you get a bad break, but uh, Joe's a good player. He's got good athletic ability. He's uh, he's got good speed. He's got good instincts, so he should be able to make it. <laughs> I lied. I have one more. The, the one guy that I know you talked about when he was a true freshman uh, seems like maybe the COVID, the COVID year sucked for everybody, but it seemed like there's some guys that could make a lot of physical gains. Jacob McGowering looks huge. So, I mean, how much do you think the extra time helped him to sort of get even more physical strength and mass? Yeah, Jacob kind of personifies that a little bit with our, our young guys. I mean, for anybody that was coming off an injury um, last year, you know, Jace Lewis, a guy like Jacob uh, that's a younger guy. I mean, that we, we didn't just sit around. We worked, and, and it paid off, and Jacob looks good. Speaking of running backs, I know Marcus Knight's injury leaves uh, an opening there, but it seems like you got a lot of bodies there. So how would you evaluate that group, and then what have you thought of some of the guys sort of embracing an elevated opportunity? Yeah, kind of what I mentioned just a second ago is it's hard to evaluate those guys non-padded. So we'll watch them today and see how we do. Is anything surprising? I think, they're, you know, they've been assignment-wise, they've been good so yeah. far. Talking to Robbie the other day, he's very excited about the cornerbacks, and th- that was a group that sort of flashed to me. So um, I know you put a priority on it, but what do you like about the additions you've made to that group and maybe some of the progress some of the guys that had, ex- had been in that group have made as well? Well, they're, they're, uh, they're guys that uh, are natural corners for the most part. Uh, they have pretty good frames, most of them. They're long-armed, have good speed. And uh, to a man, they're pretty willing tacklers, so that, that's a good thing. How much of a priority did you guys want to put on that, and how much can it change your defense? I mean, do, do you expect the defense to change, given the fact that you do have guys that can play uh, more man-to-man, be out on an island a little bit more? Uh, we, 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 we're pretty stubborn with just doing that regardless. So um, I don't, we won't change a bunch. But you know, better play at any position is going to make you better, and I'm um, hoping that... You know, I'm hoping that we can be consistent out of corner.
You talked about some of the FBS transfers yesterday, but Diari Todd on the defensive line for Michigan State. What did you guys like about him that you wanted to bring him in? Uh, he's big. He's got good athletic ability. Uh, and he's a good kid. And when you go about deciding to bring in FBS transfers, what are the biggest considerations with that? Uh, they've got good film, and they're good guys. And when you bring those type of guys in from the FBS level, how, how much of them being contributors right away is factors into the decision or, or is something you expect out of them? Uh, probably depends how old they are, you know. They're freshmen. Hopefully, they aren't going to contribute much, just like our freshmen, you know. Or else we, or else we need to recruit better. Um, <clears throat> but if they're an older guy, it's no different than junior college. I mean, any time, any transfer of any sort, you bring in because you hope they can contribute. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Has your theories on bringing in transfers changed much over the years? Yeah, it has. I think with the the way of the world. In college football, and where the NCAA has has uh, mandated that one-time transfer is legal, I think everybody's in that world. I mean, there there are schools that recruited, there are Division One schools that recruited no high school players this year. Is that a good or bad thing for the state of college football? I think it's horrible. I think so too. <laughs> are, are there specific positions that are easiest for a player to? Tr- uh, specific position for a player to transfer in and be able to make an impact right away you mean just ac- across the board in football is it like say running back a line or a d-line uh, is there a no i think it's all based on depth and that's that's why you bring guys in i don't i don't think any position's easier one way or the other i do think that there are certain positions where it's easier for young guys to play but that's not the question Speaking of a young guy who's not actually that young, Cole Grossman has sort of a unique roster situation, being that he got to gray shirt, red shirt, COVID shirt. He's really flashed early. So what, what do you like about his talents? Well, you know, we've been in no pads for two days. Uh, but Cole's done a good job. He's a hard worker. Um, he, you know, he's a good athlete, and he's done some good things. Today's his day. we got pads on that tight end group overall, yeah. What do you hope they bring this camp, or what? Do you, how, how, how much progress do you think they need to make before the opener? Uh, well, it's probably our one of our younger groups, but they've got ability. Um, I think you know from Cole, as you mentioned, through that group, we've got more ability athletically than we've had by a large margin. So we're hoping that shows up, and then the physical maturity's got to got to come. As you've been building the offensive line over the past couple of years, what are the considerations between bringing in transfers for spending time developing guys for to start? Uh, offensive line specifically? Yeah. Well, offensive linemen, as I mentioned yesterday, are hard to find. So if you Chad Germer has been a guy that you've worked with a lot over your career. So what gives you the trust you have in Chad, and what do you think of the job he's done, sort of helping rebuild that unit? Yeah, Chad's a great, great coach and veteran. He's. Uh, You know, he's just a very detailed technician, and he's he's going to demand uh, technique. It's a technique position, and he just does a great job with those guys reinforcing their technique to them on a daily basis, and, and they have a great understanding where their feet and hands and what the play is trying to do. You get one, you better get him. doesn't matter how old he is. <laughs> College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. 
Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season.